Amen? Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, open up to John chapter 14, and we'll be there in a few moments. But uh, first, we're going to read a few other scriptures and go over this. But this morning, this last week, going through some areas and stuff and just meditating, and this just, I couldn't shake this all week in dealing with this and in areas, and there's so many things in looking at, especially in this season. Um, this can be a real season where people have a lot of emotional things as we go into the holidays and doing different things, how people deal with transition in their life and how things have happened, how we process our past, amen, it is really a big issue for us, how on every level and continually, you're, you're going to have experiences today and you're going to have to choose, am I going to hold on to this or am I going to let this go? It, there, there could be something that happened today. There could be something that happened yesterday. And, and so learning how not to live in the past. Or as Paul said in Philippians 3, forgetting the past. So I put it there in your outline. Let's read this and we'll pray. Forgetting the past or the spirit of grace. Learning how to look forward. Paul says this, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. What is that? forgetting those things which are behind, and look at this, and reaching what? Forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, for our citizenship is where? In heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you this morning for your love and for your grace. We thank you that you are the redeeming God. We have celebrated communion this morning. We have remembered the ransom you paid to bring us out from the bondage of our path, to bring us into new life with you in Christ. And so, Lord, today we set our heart on living now, today with you, and looking forward to your promise being fulfilled in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. So important. Look at, there, there's so much that just in those couple of verses there, but look at this, that, that our citizenship is in heaven for which we eagerly wait for the Savior, the coming of the Lord. And so how many know that is looking forward? Amen. How many of you drove here today driving, looking where you were going in your rear view mirror? If you drove, how many drove here with your eyes fixed in your rear view mirror? Nobody. If you did, you would not be here right now. Okay? And, and we've learned that. You'll find yourself, even though we're not supposed to use our phones, we'll be looking at our phones while we're driving. Next thing you know, we're having to correct ourselves. Because if your focus isn't forward, you're being distracted. Amen? And it's so important, especially in our life and living for God. You have to have forward focus. You cannot look backwards and live forwards in God. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us what? Go on to perfection. Okay, here we are. We have a beginning. Now let us go on. Everything in God is forward. It is not static. It is not neutral. It is in the now, and it is always moving forward, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead work and of faith towards God and of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection from the dead, of eternal judgment. And this we do if God permits. So look inside your outline. I want to talk to you about living in the now with God. And to do that, you have to bury the old man and do not let the devil bring him up against you again. Amen. Put him to death. How many have ever been to a funeral or memorial service? 
Pastor Sue and I were talking about it the other day. Most of the time, we, we used to go in there, and we used to have open caskets and memorials there. Maybe you've been there at open caskets. And, and there, there, there's a person there. There's a body laying there. Could have been friend. Could be somebody. However you knew them, however you related them, you were there. But there is the shell of a person. There's the shell, and, and you can stand there, you can talk, you can do this. Years ago, we went to a Bill Gothard seminar and, uh, in, back in the early 80s, and uh, he, he used to do what's called Global Youth Conflicts, and some of the most awesome foundational teaching that you would ever hear, uh, I, I would encourage you to go online and Google Bill Gothard and go to Basic Youth Conflicts and look at some of the seminar information. It's some of the best foundational teaching for Christian life, new life in Christ. But one of the things he was saying, he says, you know what? I've been to a lot of funerals in different places, and I've never seen dead men smoking, cussing, drinking, or doing bad things. I said, dead people don't do that stuff. When you're dead, you don't do that. You can go in there. You can cry over them. You can weep over them. You can talk to them, but you're not getting much response back. They're not reacting back to you because they are, and I'm not trying to be graphic or morbid or anything, but they are dead. And the Bible says that you... We're dead in trespasses and sin. And, and now we, we, we acknowledge that and we allow ourselves to be crucified, to be put to death in Christ. We allow ourselves to be buried and be raised up in new life with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where we're supposed to be living. We're supposed to be living in new life. Are you with me? And so we have to bury the old man and not let the devil bring him up against you. See, there's something called, when people want to communicate with the dead, how many know that's a realm of, of spiritual activity you're not supposed to enter into? Amen. Well, then you don't need to personally be doing that with communicating with your dead memories, with your past experience. All right, moving right along. Okay. Everything God does is in the now. Look at Hebrews 11, one says, now faith is, now faith is, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Get this and don't forgive it. Never let the voice from the grave of your path speak louder in your life than the voice of God in your present. Do you hear me this morning? Never let the voice. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And to walk in the power and the life and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to walk in the now with God. You can't walk with the Holy Spirit in the path. He doesn't exist in the path. He exists in the now with God. God is now. And he is forward. And every time you read your Bible, it's all about looking forward. It's all about anticipation. It's all about what is to come. And you keep your focus forward all the time. And that's how you live victorious. The nation of Israel, when God brought them out of Egypt, they got in trouble when they started thinking backwards. They thought life was better backwards. You were a slave backwards. Why go back and think back to bondage in anything? Why go back to the pain? Why go back to the suffering? Why go back to the abuse? Why let dead things be resurrected in your life? When Jesus died to set us free. Are you with me? Think about it. God is in the present and the future, not in the past. Everything he does in our life is in the now and moves forward. People and the devil and even we ourselves bring up our past against us. But never God. God is not the one who brings your past up against you. Amen. How many know the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a? He's a what? 
Okay, why would a new creation want to be shaped by what was old? We're a new creation. Made anew. Made alive for. We are his workmanship. Made anew in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.10. He's made us new. Live in the new in God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we do it. People do it. Well, you always, you always have. You always will. Amen. Every now and then, just under your breath, just say, get behind me, Satan. Amen. You don't have to be obnoxious. Don't be religious. Don't be obnoxious. But you have to know, where's that coming from? Amen. Now, 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 if I'm not living new and I'm still living old, then knock it off. Live in the new. Come on, we have this great new life in Christ. Live now. Live in the new. Live forward in God. Amen. See, hear it again. Satan can only discuss our yesterday because that's the only info he has about us. The only thing Satan knows, see, the Word of God declared the promise of God universally for all those who come to Christ. But he cannot see God's personal purpose in your life. He knows that God has one, and he knows that God will do great things to you, but the devil does not have future insight. He doesn't have a prophetic insight into your life. That's why he hates you walking by the Spirit. He hates you praying in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you're praying in other tongues, you're praying in a, in a prayer language that he can't understand what you're saying. He has no understanding what's being prayed. He doesn't know what's going on. But he cannot see into God's fulfillment of his promise and his purpose for your life. He knows that Ephesians 2.10 says that God pre-planned paths for you to walk on. He knows that you have a pre-planned path, a future, and a hope in God. But he cannot see the future. But he knows you have one. And when he sees you purposing to walk on it, the best he can do is accuse you with your path, continually bring up your path to get you to abort your future amen but we're called to live in the now and we'll illustrate this a little deeper in just a moment so he tries to convince us that our past is the pattern for our future see jesus always talks to us about our future because he is the author of it and has gone ahead to prepare a place for it. I told you to turn to John chapter 14. You thought I forgot. I did not. I'm a professional. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Amen. Look at verse 1. John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be what? Trouble. Trouble. You believe in God, believe what? Also in me. In my Father's house are what? Many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. What is he doing? This is the last night he's with his disciples. He's giving them a forward focus. He's setting their attention. Put your eyes and fix your eyes to the future. I'm declaring what is before you. Keep your focus there. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Amen. Everybody say this. The way, the way. is forward. Amen. So move forward. Follow him. Jesus said, come and follow me. You can't follow somebody looking backwards. 
You have to follow them watching where they're going. I mean, you know, we've all been behind somebody walking in the mall. We're walking behind somebody or walking in traffic or in a crowd with people or in a line, you know, and we do that thing where instead of keeping our eyes, see if the line's moving, if the traffic's moving in front of us, we kind of look to the side and we, we keep moving. Yeah. And we have a bump in. Amen. All that other stuff. Praise the Lord. So you have to have your eyes forward. Think about it. When we truly understand what it means to be a new creation in Christ, then we are able to live free from the path. You have to know what it means to live as a new creation in Christ. When Romans 8 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Which means that God is not bringing up our failure. We just celebrated the covering and the redemption from our past. Amen? We just received communion that declared that we have blood that has covered us and forgiven us. And when God sees the blood, he passes over. He doesn't remind us. He passes over. Are you with me? All right. Stay with me. So watch this. Nobody comes to Christ, hear this, without a past. But nobody has to live bound by their past once they come to Christ. There's nobody who comes to Jesus without a path. I have a past. You have a path. I, I told Lisa Dagg when she was asking me, she said, I never knew you had a drug problem. I never knew you, you were stupid. I said, yeah, just like you. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. No. But, but in that, I said, yeah. You know what? My grandpa said this. Every house has a backyard. And most of us probably keep the front of our house looking pretty good. But if we get behind your gate, or if we get in your garage, they close the door. We don't want the neighbors to see what's in here. Amen. 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 I need to have an encounter in my garage and cast the spirit of clutter out. It's a persistent spirit because I cast it out. It seems to come back. Kind of, kind of like it fulfills that thing that Jesus said. You clean the house and you sweep it and it comes back seven times worse. <laughs> but I'm going to change that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to keep it out. Praise the Lord. Now watch this. So look it. We are to be looking forward to the coming of the Lord, the promise being fulfilled. Even when we lose the loved one, we're to be comforted with the hope of what is coming, not grieve over what has been. Are you hearing me? To be looking for. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. See, so many people love your family, love your relatives, love everybody in your life. But when somebody passes, look forward, not backwards. So many people, they, they, they get bothered today and, and, and they get caught up. In, and don't misunderstand, I'm just really trying to help this morning. But when, when we grieve over the loss of the past, we live without joy in the present. If, if I'm just grieving over my loss, 
and, and I'm grieving over the past. I, I lost my mom. I lost my dad. I lost this person. I lost that person. It, it is sad. It is tragic. It is heart-wrenching. It is breaking. It, 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 is, it takes a grieving process. But beyond that, live in the now and live forward. Because God would put somebody in your now and in your future to help you live forward and not be burdened by the past. Are you with me? 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13 says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, those who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. So Paul says, hey, you've lost somebody, keep looking for Forward to the coming of the Lord. Don't grieve over your path. Keep looking forward to the coming of the Lord. And I don't care whether it's a loved one. I don't care where it's been in a relationship. I don't care what the loss has been in your path. Keep looking forward to the coming of the Lord and the promise being fulfilled in your life. Will by no means precede those who are asleep, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and will say, hey, wait for us. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. Amen? And so there's that, so Jesus, Paul's writing, says, hey, don't be discouraged. Keep your eye on the reunion because you had a space of time with them here, but keep your eyes on eternity with them there. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God is always in the now and he's always in the forward. Go with me to, uh, uh, well, one more verse. Go to first, well, no. Just go with me to Colossians chapter 3. I don't have time. I put too many scriptures there. We read them all. We'll be here till next Thursday. Amen. Colossians chapter 3. Even in our personal life. Paul tells us in Colossians 3, we are told to set our minds, our affections on things where? Above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. For we have died. So we're to put off the old man with his deeds, his thoughts, and affections, and to live life new and forward as the new man we are in Christ. Look at it, verses 1 through 4. If then you were raised with Christ... Raised how? Raised, we are buried with him in baptism. We are raised with him, Romans 6, in newness of life. You've been raised in new life. So in that new life, seek those things which are where? Are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So I have to be seeking. Paul says I'm forgetting and I'm looking forward and I'm seeking and I'm pressing towards those things that I'll be in. I'm moving towards perfection. I'm moving towards the call. My eye is, I'm living in the now and my eye is fixed forward. Could I get an amen? That's where we're living. For you, verse 3, for you, or excuse me, verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on the earth, not on the things of the earth. 
For you died and your life is hidden with Christ. When Christ who is your life appears, you also will appear with him in glory. And then he goes on to say, put off all this old garbage and all this old junk and start living as the new man that you are in Christ. Ephesians 4, he tells the church at Ephesus the same thing. Come on, you've been redeemed. You used to walk there. You used to walk in the futility of your mind as the Gentiles walk and the people of the world walk. But now you're in Christ. So put off the old man and put on the new man. Amen? But that's a continual process that you have to be in. So you have to purpose, I'm going to live forward. I'm going to forget the path and I'm going to move forward. We have such an amazing promise in God and that is when we're living for him that when we make mistakes he is on our side and we can confess our sin as we prayed this morning. We can ask for his forgiveness and he cleanses us and we don't have to be burdened by that. We can continue to move forward. Amen. So important to understand. Philippians 4 and verse 8. In fact just turn there and watch this. Philippians chapter 4, go back to your left a couple pages. You're in Colossians there. Look what Paul says. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. Thing. But thinking about my past, my failures, my mistakes, the abuse, the hurt, the, 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 the rejection, whatever it was, none of that fits into that category. And so I can't think backward in the past and live in the now and in the hope of the future that Christ has me. I have to refuse. I have to take that stand, not in a cold way, not in a harsh way, but in a sure agreement and action way that this one thing I do, I forget the past. Amen. And I'm pressing forward. Are you doing all right? Amen. So watch it. Think about it. See, we can only do this with forward thinking, with a forward thinking mind in Christ. Prior to his conversion, Paul was a religious man, perfect according to his interpretation of the law, who perpetrated and condoned acts of violence against believers in Christ before his conversion. But after his conversion, he refused to be brought under judgment and condemnation for his path. Christ had forgiven him. Amen. That's why people in prison, people where they are, we, we, we have our friends, the Sleppies, who we've been supporting for 30 years now in prison ministry. Amen. They've been in our mission role. Phil and Raymond Sleppy have been in the prison for, for 35, over 35 years going to the prison. They used to travel the whole western United States. And, and they had the whole western edge from, from, from Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, up to Idaho, and Washington, and Oregon, and California, and all the way down. They covered all those states, went all the major penitentiaries. For years they did. They had a motorhome and traveled around. Now they live in Lodi, and, and, and they're ministering down there in the Stockton-Lodi area in the prisons there. But they're continually seeing men who have lived, been incarcerated in Little Israel, and now they're getting saved, and now they're going out, and they're preaching the gospel. Why? Because God is a God who forgives your path and makes makes you a new creature in Christ Jesus and you can go out and preach the gospel and people say yes you were a criminal and you can say yes I was but now I am a new creature in Christ Jesus and I'm not going to allow you to pull me back into the bondage of an old way of thinking I'm not going to live under the condemnation of my past because it's under the blood there was a life given and bloodshed for me to be free I'm going to live in the now and I'm going to live forward and I'm going to preach the gospel amen 
Yeah. Hallelujah. And so we see people redeemed. And so here's Paul that had this great conversion, and he refused to be brought under judgment and condemnation for his path because Christ had forgiven him. Look at the account of Stephen. When they heard these things, they were cut to their heart, as Stephen testified to them. And they gnashed upon him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up. Peter, Stephen, being persecuted, being brought on just for doing good stuff. He looks up. Wow. Steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their coats at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. In other words, Saul of Tarsus, the Apostle Paul, before his confusion, was there at the stoning of Stephen. As a Pharisee, as he says in Philippians 3, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. Concerning the law, I was blameless. And according to the law and according to the interpretation of I was legally justified in certifying. And so he said, I signed Stephen's death warrant. I was the one who literally gave validation and said, put him to death. Lay your stones. I witnessed that what you are doing is right. He's Now what? The apostle Paul is now called to preach the gospel, but he has to carry. He has the memory in his life that he signed Stephen's death. He has the memory of the people that he had incarcerated. He has the memory of the people that he had, other people that he had put to death and imprisoned for the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But now that he is saved, he says, this one thing I do, I forget the past. Because I know I'm free. Look at what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. So people, how many know people always bring up your past? Amen. And the devil does too. And we do again. So many times the greatest weight we live under is self-condemnation. And we judge ourselves when we're not even being judged by God. So look at Paul, which is exactly what he said. He said, I do not even judge myself, for I know nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Let me put you like this. Here is Paul on the road to Damascus. The Lord, knowing that he had sentenced Stephen to death, knowing all the atrocities and, and, and the crimes that, and, and the, the, the pain that he had perpetrated against believers and against the body of Christ. And listen to what the Lord said. And this is something you need to understand. David said it, and, and G, the Lord said it to Paul. He said, Paul, is it hard for you to kick against the go? I am Jesus Christ, whom you are persecuting. When you touch them, you're persecuting me. Amen. And, and if you ever get that and you live knowing that when people act out against you, when injustices are done against you, if you are the child of God, especially if it's coming for righteousness sake, they're not persecuting you. They're persecuting Christ. And so don't take it personal. It's not against you. It is against him. And you can keep your heart clean from, am I helping anybody this morning? You can keep your heart clean from offense. Look at David after, after committing adultery with Bathsheba and having Uriah murdered. In Psalms 51, he said, against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Because all sin is a transgression against God. It's God who declares what sin is. People get involved, but it is against God. 
Are you with me? And so God, who's been transgressed against by Paul, is willing to forgive him, is willing to restore him, and is willing to set him into the ministry that he ordained for his life. As Paul said, when I was formed in my mother's womb, I was set aside to this calling that I'm walking out. So the God who forgives and the God who restores set him in the ministry. And Paul says, I know this, God's judged me. Who am I to go back and to judge myself? Come on, that's under the blood. Could I get an amen? amen. So watch this. Watch this. And so he says, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness. Amen? And reveal the counsels of the heart. Then each one's praise will come from God. See, the only way God seems to go backwards is concerning his word. He refers to what he has spoken in the past. Yet the word spoken is always now and future. It was spoken then, for now, and for our future. See, that's the cool thing about prophetic word. It was spoken then, but it was spoken then for now. That's awesome. And so God may be speaking. And so when God goes back, he goes back to declare. I declared what was going to happen now. So everything God does, even though it was in the past, it's connected to the future. It's always now and moving forward. Forward. See, we read those verses that say, in that day, that it might be fulfilled. In Habakkuk, it says about the vision, write it, make it plain, though it tarries, wait for it. It will surely come to pass, which means that when you're waiting, always keep your eyes focused forward. Amen. Amen. Now, you're going to have to bear with me because I'm going to get personal here in just a minute. <laughs> See, everything about our redemption in Christ is to deliver us and free us from our past. When we accept Christ, there's a twofold work dying, of dying to the old man in his ways and living as a new man renewed in Christ. Two things happen. You come to Christ, you die to your old man. You die to that old life. You, you literally, you, you have to see yourself. That's why Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. I identify with his death upon the cross. And the only way I live, now I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm living new life in Christ. I'm living in the life of the Spirit in new life. Now stay with me. See, we bury the old man in baptism. Next Sunday we have water baptism. We have people getting saved. If you've never been baptized, you need to be water baptized. We need to have a funeral for you. Amen. And then we need to rejoice in your resurrection. Amen? So we're going to bury you and we'll declare you raised in newness of life. We bury the old man in baptism. We're raised with Christ in newness of life. Our life is now forward. All of our focus is to be forward with anticipation of what is to come because we have been redeemed from what has been. We're redeemed from what has been and we're living what is now and what is forward. Amen? That's where we live. See, we're not to live in the past when it comes to our personal life. And we're not to hold on to the path, to hold the path against those with whom we must live and do life with. Too many times in life, we do this. We get our little book out and we keep score. That's one. That's two. That's three. This is five times you've done that. In fact, you always do that. 
You always act like that. I've been keeping track of you. I have a whole chart on you. You do good for a while, but like the stock market, you have a lot of bad low days. You kind of recover, but you crash way too much. We do that in relationships. We do that in church. I don't care where you go. People come to, this is the greatest church I've ever been in my life. And then you start keeping score. That's three weeks in a row, Pastor walked right by me, didn't say who. The love is draining out of this church. Somebody's pulled the plug on this place. I served in, did you smell that diaper? I served in that nursery. Nobody even put any air freshener in there for me. It was in my mouth. Nobody even gave me a tic-tac. Just keeping score. Just keeping score. Keeping score. And then you're adding it up. Adding it up. And so when you start keeping score, you've made the choice to no longer live in the now. Because you're responding to everything that happens in your now by the score you've kept from your past. And you wonder why you have nobody. Nobody says hi to me. Nobody does this to me. Nobody does that. Da, 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 da. Well, we didn't know you were that important. God bless you. I'm being as nice as I can right here. Because what happens when we do that is that we're supposed to. Everything God does is right now. Right now. Now. Look at your outline with me. Write, write this verse down. Write this verse down. Lamentations chapter 3, amen. See, I figured this out a long time ago. We could have a bigger church if I wouldn't preach like this. <laughs> Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. Watch this, watch this. Though the Lord, through the Lord's mercies, watch this, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because of his compassion, because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I hope in him. How many could say, man, I love that verse. Now be that to people. Now live that to work. Let your mercy be new every morning. Let your compassion be upon the relationship that you have in life. Amen. Because dealing with people, dealing in situations, we have to always be living in the now. Watch this. The only way to truly walk in forgiveness is to live in the now with God. In Matthew 18, Jesus talking about, taught about forgiveness and, and about offense and about restoration. And then Peter comes and said, Lord, if my brother sins against me seven times in a day, is that enough? I mean, I, I, I did it. It was just like he come, and so he's up to number seven. So at number seven, can I just check him off? 
Can I quit? Can, can, can I get out of the ministry? Can I back out of serving? Can I, can I just attend? Can I just come in and go out? Because I, I, there's been too many times I've fulfilled the checklist and I've been disappointed. I told you somebody's going to get free. Amen. Now watch this. Watch this. So when I do that, but yet every time I sin, how many are glad every time you sin, you can ask forgiveness and be back in the now with God? Now listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, I don't, I don't tell you seven times. I tell you 70 times seven. You can't forgive somebody 490 times unless each time is as the first time. Unless each time is as the first time. Because if you're up to, people have actually gone, 398. <laughs> you're getting close. You're close. You have less than 100 to go. 427. It's not looking good. But yet we want his compassion and his mercy to be new every morning over our lives. To live by the life of the Spirit. Hear me this morning. I'm, I'm saying this. I'm trying to make this funny so it doesn't hurt so much. Because if you don't get this, you're not living life in Christ. You're living out of a religious mindset. Life, religion is one thing. Life is another. Life in Christ is new every morning. Your mercy is new every morning. Every morning. Too many people, people, you hear people talk about it. I was abused as a child. I'm sorry, but that was your childhood. Why would you allow your childhood to be in your adult life? Why do you want to let pain and abuse and hurt? It's real. We validate that. We understand that. But God can't heal it until you bury it. You can't be delivered until you let it die. We've done it over the years. We've walked with people, walk, and then you get them, and they keep going back. And they're recounting experiences with their parents. They're recounting experiences with love. They're recounting. I have people come to church. Well, this is just like what happened in my other church. No, it's not. This is here. This is now. We're not there. We're not. This is not it. And so you're living there, but the only one being cut off is you, and you're allowing the devil to do it. When Paul says, give no place to the devil. Don't allow him to bring past into prayer. He can't see your future. Look at this. I need the worship team to come back. We can only forgive someone 470 times by living in the now. We must allow old things to pass away and all things to become new. There is no way. Life in Christ is a resurrection from the dead. And the moment you got saved, if you got, I got saved at 25 from the, 25 back, all that died. It got buried. But yet I still had to deal with people who knew about my life before 25. And so they bring it back up. And so you have to understand what Paul says. I refuse to be judged by men. Yes, that's true. I've had to deal with that. I've had to walk through the harvest of that. I had to go through hepatitis C at the age of uh, uh, 10 years ago, at the age of 63, because I chose to stick a needle in my arm at the age of 19. That's right. 
Because what you reap, I, I got the seed and the, and the virus of hepatitis in my arm, and so I walked through it. But at this point, I'm no longer sticking needles in my arm. And I'm not going to go back to it. I'm not going to say, what's the you? There's no way. I'm not going to go back to death. And so when the report came, you have hepatitis C. Well, now I'm living in a new life, and I've already been through so many victories over my past. When they say you have hepatitis C, the first thing out of my mouth was, this too shall pass. Because I'm living as a new man in Christ. And your confession and your walk and your declaration has to be who you are in Christ. Do not agree with your path. Live in the now and live forward in God. Somebody ought to shout amen. You say, Pastor, why do you get intense? I get mad at abuse. I get, I get mad. The, the, the thing that irritates me the most is disrespect. There's some of you, there's times I want to beat your children. It's on the international web. God bless you. I come into your house with a belt. Amen. Can't believe I'm saying this. Anyway, Dwayne's going, this is why I go to this church. Amen. Disrespect. Disrespect for authority. Disrespect for authority. It's amazing. And when I walk in disagreement with God's word, I'm disrespecting its authority over my life. When I'm living in the past, I'm disrespecting authority. And the reason it angers me is because disrespect produces judgment. And it produces a harvest that we don't want. And as a pastor over the years, I've watched too many people being violated, being taken advantage by the devil. And I get angry over abuse. I hate seeing the devil abuse God's people. It angers me. I'm sorry. That's, that's my personality. There's really nice guys in other churches that preach nicer messages. <laughs> But I'm angry when I see God's people being taken advantage of, when I see the word disrespect, because it produces. It doesn't produce life. Jesus came. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Life, life with him is in the now. It is forward. But if I'm living back, if I'm keeping score, if I'm judging everybody, if I'm critical of everybody, if I'm finding fault with everybody, if it's this, is this, is this, is this, is how in the world can I be walking in forgiveness? How can I be walking in love? And how can I have victory? Are we doing all right? I just keep saying, God, I don't want to, I don't want to let that happen. I want to live in life. I want to live forward. It, it, we're restricting ourselves. We're binding ourselves up. We have no more freedom. And we just get in this justification mode. And then we find ourselves alone and isolated. Are we doing all right? Jesus said, I have come to set captives free. I've watched people, even in the sincere emotional area of losing a loved one, a parent. They're, they're just an amazing close bond to their parents and stuff. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. But then once their parent died, they, they, they just, they so miss that person. And they just want them back. They want them back. They want them back. And they live there. And they can't live here even now. 
And many times the people around them are being neglected because they want that person back. And they're not living in the now. Jesus died for you to live now and to live forward. Amen. Look forward to the reunion. Hold on to the hope. Are we doing all right? Stand with me this morning.